You know, 2022 is a new year. And we, we celebrate New Year's. You know, many people celebrate, I guess, in many different ways. And the thing we realize, though, is it is a new year. How many know it's a year of opportunity? Some people look at the year 2022 as a bleak year. Maybe in the world it will be. But for us, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to say, Lord, I believe this is the year of the Lord. I believe this is the year of your kingdom. I believe, Lord Jesus, this is the year of opportunity. It is a year for me to live differently than I've ever lived. It's a year for me to walk differently than I've ever walked. It's a, it's a year for me to, to, to receive you and to experience you in a way that I never have before. What opportunities that are before me? The Bible says, Behold, old things are passed away and all things become new. I want you to know that 2022 is a new year. It's a year that we can redeem as under the Lord. We can have a right attitude in the way that we face this year. I don't put a lot of stock in what's going on in Washington or what's going on in the country, what's going on in the world, but I know who holds 2022 in his hands. I know that he is in control and we can trust him. But I want to talk a little bit about the, the secret of living a blessed life. The secret of living a blessed life. In Psalms one. And one, it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall, that he, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth light, uh, his fruit in season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doth shall prosper. How many believe that? And whatsoever he doth shall prosper. I want you to say this. I'm going to prosper in 2022. I'm going to prosper in my soul. I'm going to prosper in all that is around me as I heed to the counsel of God. You know, the Bible says not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Why? Because they, the Bible said the blind leadeth the blind, and they both end up in a ditch. They cannot give good counsel if they don't know the counselor. Can I say that again? They, they, they cannot give good counsel if they don't know the counselor. In Psalms 119 and 115, it says, Depart from me, ye evildoers. For I will keep the commandments of the Lord. I think of um, Sanballat and Tobiah when Nehemiah went to build the wall. And they immediately began to mock him. They immediately began to say, oh, even a fox, if he jumps on the wall, he'll knock it over. And finally, we see uh, Nehemiah's stem says, get off this land for its holy ground. You know, there's a time we need to tell the devil to get. He tries to fill our heads and tell us that we're weak. He tries to tell us that we're no good. He tries to tell us that, that uh, you know, other people are born with more than you are. And I want you to know something. If Christ lives in you, you are a blessed 
person. Out of our bellies will what? Flow rivers of living water. In other words, what the Bible here says is that you are so blessed that it will pour from you. I am blessed. When I wake up in the morning, I am blessed. When I lay my head at rest, I am blessed. Amen? To live a blessed life, we need to have good and godly associations. We need to be connected with those who love the Lord the way that we do. But His delight is in the law. Amen. We must stay from the negative and scornful people and never participate in their rebellious or critical activities. You know, I've known people that they're Christians, but they're always around people who are negative. I'm going to tell you what, that'll harm you. That'll hurt you. There is a time, let me tell you this right now, when you are, no, it didn't say that Jesus did, he did associate with sinners and publicans. They even accused him of that. But he always came with the message. He always came with the message. He said to the woman of the well, and she said, well, you know, if he knew what man or woman I was, he wouldn't even associate with me. He said, I know what kind of a woman you are. He said, you've got four husbands. The man you live with now is not even your husband. He said, and, and she was surprised that he knew all of these things about her, and yet he spoke to her. But what did he say? Go and sin no more. In other words, he always brought a message, but he never rejected anybody. But the message will either cause them to depart, or, or you, you see what I'm saying? When we begin to speak the Word of God, it becomes painful to the ears of those who are not willing to humble themselves uh, before Him. I think of love. In 1 Corinthians 13, 4, it says, Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, or seemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, and hopeth all things, and endureth all things. When he talks about believing all things and bearing all things, he's talking about the Word of God. He said, My word shall never pass away. He said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. And the thing we need to understand, he said, Let my word be true, and let every man be a liar. And what you have to understand is you're a man, whether you like it or not, whether you're a woman man or a he-man, you're a man. And the Bible says this. It says that when we look at the Word of God, when our thoughts are contrary to what God's Word says about us, they're a lie. They're a lie. When you, when you say, I'm stupid, God says, no, you're blessed. Amen. And so you've got to begin to practice clearing your mind of negativity and filling it with what God says about you. So often people suffer because they focus on their physical being rather than on their spiritual being. 
In Galatians 5, 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, he said, there is no law, law. So are we focusing on those things? Are we peacekeepers? Are we here to resolve conflict? Amen. You know, resolving conflict is not retreating from everything. Amen. But it is willing to hear what the other side has to say and speaking the truth in every matter. You know, we have people that get paid big money to go to countries to, as peacekeepers. I know George Mitchell from Maine was paid big money to go back in uh, George Bush's day, went to Israel to try to bring peace between the countries. You know, to be a peacemaker. But the fact of it is, we know God is a peacemaker. And we can be connected to Him. And we can become peacemakers through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Let me look at another thing here. Not only by association or by love, but also by generosity. In Proverbs 11 and 24 and 25, it says this. There, uh, there is that scattereth, and yet increaseth and there is that withholdeth more is meat but it tendeth to poverty the liberal soul shall be made fat and he that watereth shall be watered also himself in other words what he's saying he that scattereth in other words talk about the sower he shall reap but he that looks to gain the meat in other words, life is about the meat, and he does not share. He said he will find poverty. So we need to realize this, to give. In Malachi 3.9 says, Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me. Even this whole nation bringeth me all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now uh, herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. I, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, that there shall no room be enough to receive it. God, I want to bless you. I want to bless you, but you've got to be willing to give. You know, if, if a person has $3 and they share that with somebody, God says, you know what? I'll bless you with more. I think of Dr. Philip Saunders, who's gone on to be with the Lord. And, you know, it was not uncommon because he's from uh, up at the Canadian caribou border in Maine. That's where he was native to. And, he, and uh, his wife said it was never uncommon for him to see somebody and know that they didn't have any money and that they just had a few things in the car that he wouldn't take and throw a lot of stuff in the car and pay for it for them. And his wife used to say to him, Philip, we don't have the money. We, we can't even afford to feed ourselves. And here you always are feeding other people and, and doing these things. He said, I know, but the Spirit of the Lord is in me, and I can't help myself but to be a blessing to others. And, you know, before he passed away, billions, I mean millions, I mean literally millions of dollars would float through his hands into the whole world. Why? Because God said he saw him when he was willing to put uh, meat into another person's cart and pay for it. 
And he says, there's a faithful servant that I can trust with much. Amen. So we realize, oh, I want to be trusted with much. And God says, are you, are you faithful with little? Are you willing to help those that hunger, those that are naked, those that thirst? And that's what we have to understand. Another thing that Philip Saunders did, the, uh, he was down there in um, Manchester, New Hampshire. And he actually bought the fire trucks and everything for the fire department. I mean, God blessed him so greatly. You know what he would do? The minute God gave him money, it would go through his hands, not be stocked up or stacked up. And the more that he gave, the more that he was blessed. And, and, and what the Lord is saying here, he said, listen, he said, he said, you're so stingy, you won't even bring money into the church. Never mind, give it to other people. He said, look, we got to begin to do things right. And, and, and we need to, I need to trust you and to show that I can trust you, you need to be willing to give. And, you know, and that, that is so important to each and every one of us. And Second Corinthians 9 and 6 said, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly, but he which soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. He said, According to your faith, so be it unto you. Are you willing uh, to give even out of your need? Are you willing to say, Lord Jesus, uh, I just want to be a blessing? You know, there, there's two things, and I've said this before, there's two things you'll be remembered by. The problems you create or the problems that you fix and you know that that's the thing we need to realize is lord god help me to practice philanthropy help me lord god to be a blessing uh, to those that are, are around me the next thing i want to talk about here we've talked about association we've talked about love and we've talked about generosity but i want to talk about the quality of worship in proverbs 22 um, 22 9 he says he that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed and he that giveth of his bread to the poor in Luke 16 10 he said he that is faithful in, in that which is least is faithful also in much and he that is unjust in the least so will he be unjust in much. In other words, if someone says, well, I only steal $10, I'd never take 100 Let me tell you what. He'd take 100 And God is saying that if a person's unjust, that's what they'll show is injustice. But he wants us to say, Lord God, I want to be faithful to you. And then we read here in Matthew 25 and 21, it says, uh, his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, and I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And you know, and I think of a of a man who who went to heaven. This this is just a a little allegory, a story, uh, to kind of show a truth. And he went to heaven, and, and they're guiding him through heaven. And he sees the first mansion, and he says, oh, my. He says, um, 
that must be mine. But they passed by it, and they kept passing by the mansions, and finally he came to a little shack. And he says, I thought Jesus was building a mansion. Uh, you know, it says in the Bible, and the guy looked, and he said, yeah, but he says, according to my records, that's all the material you sent out. You know, in other words, what God is saying to us is that when we're faithful in this world, that's what this is all about. If I'm faithful here, God said, I'll, I'll give you much in the life to come. You know, this life is so short. It is, it's, it's like a blade of grass that's green in the dew of the morning, and then the noonday sun comes, and it withers, and it dies. That's how short this life is. But you know what? To be in eternity with Jesus forever and ever and ever. Without the devil there to harass you. Without any enemy there. Amen. What a day that'll be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saves me by his grace. Oh, what a day that'll be. You know, when we begin to look that way, it will make the things that we suffer on this earth look so small in the scheme of eternity. In Colossians 3.23, he says, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, so as unto the Lord, and not unto men. You know, sometimes we worry if we give somebody something. What if they don't use it right? What if they, they don't? You know what? The Jesus said, you've given it to me. You've given it to me. And and that's the thing we've got to realize. Maybe you've given to a ministry, and the ministry was found out not to be as trustworthy as you would hope. You know what? When you give, release it. Now it's up to them to do, you know what I mean? It's not up to you to worry about where it's going to go or how it's going to be used, but to say, Lord, I'm giving this to you. I'm giving it to you and Lord Jesus. What they do with it, they'll answer. They'll answer. You see what I mean? That keeps the right attitude. That keeps us in, in check. So that we're always looking at the quality of our worship. See, to live a blessed life, we must maintain a high quality and efficiency in our endeavors. The Bible promises to those who are diligent in their work uh, that it will stand and they will stand before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The next thing I want to talk about, I've talked about association, who you associate with and who you get your information from. I've talked about love, how, how charity suffereth long. We talk about generosity, how, how that we should be giving. We talk about quality, how many qualities are important, but we also want to talk about unity. Oh, people sometimes have such difficulty with unity. And, and you know, I promise you this, if you, if you join a church and you find somebody there that irritates you, you know, that irritant is what produces a pearl. Amen. That irritant is what produces a pearl. And a pearl of great price, the Bible said, and, and, and so when you say, Lord, I want to go to church, but I never want any irritant. He said, well, then you can never develop the pearl. And, and you see what I mean? And I promise you this. God loves you enough that he wants to develop the pearl in you. And so you'll go to another church and guess what you'll find there? Another irritant. 
Amen. And you say to yourself, Lord, when we get to heaven, am I going to have to sit with this person at the table? <laughs> Lord, I know that you love that person, but I don't get along with that person. And, and you know, and you're going to find that. And that person is just as much a servant of the Lord as you are, but maybe personality challenge or personality conflict. But the things we need to understand is unity is so important. In Psalms 133 and 1, it says, And the song of decree of David, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like a precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, and went down to the skirt of his garment as the dew of Hermon. And as the dew that descendeth upon the mount of Zion, and there the Lord commanded the blessing, even the life forevermore. In other words, what he's saying there is that how that the anointing come down upon Aaron's head, even to his beard, and dripped onto his vesture, and so it also anoints you. I'm going to tell you this right now. God has a flow of things. And we need to be connected to that flow. Lord Jesus, thank you for your precious blessing. In John 17, 20, it says, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, and also they also may be one in us that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou givest me I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. He said that the world will look at it, and they'll say, surely there's something that drives them together. There's something that keeps them together. And I know what it is. It's the agape. It's the love of God. One time a, a, a scientist I was challenging a pastor who said that that we could have an answer for everything. And he went to him. He said, oh, yeah. He says, he said, molecules. He said, every scientist wonders what keeps them together. What keeps everything together that just doesn't run apart? Uh, and he said, every scientist asked a question. And the guy said, let me go to the Lord. The pastor did. And he prayed. And the Lord said, my love. He said, the love of God keeps everything together. Amen? It's that, it's that simple. It's God's love that keeps us together. It's God's love that keeps this desk together. It's God's love that, that, that causes everything to operate properly, that will submit to Him. In Ephesians 4 and 1, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, and with lowliness and meekness with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The word endeavoring there means to put energy into it. To put energy. You know, it takes energy to 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 want to keep ourselves together in the Lord. You see, the devil's a liar and he's always lying. He'll say, well, you know, pastor doesn't talk to me after church. And I, because, he, you know, and that devil, he does it. Or maybe, I, I, let me say this, or maybe someone doesn't come to church on Sunday and now all of a sudden the devil starts speaking to the pastor. 
and said, you know, they don't like you very much, and, and, and they're getting ready to leave. This, this isn't going well. And I've got to say, I bind you, Satan, in Jesus' name. I endeavor to keep the unity of God. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. So we have to understand, to live a blessed life, we must live in the unity and harmony. The Lord has commanded the blessings wherewith the brethren shall dwell together in unity. The Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost when the saints were gathered in one accord as they prayed. The disciples should all be in unity and there is great blessing when God's people are united and avoid petty quarreling or selfish struggles. Hallelujah, Jesus. It's so wonderful when a church is at peace. And I thank God for this church. And I thank God for all of you. And I thank God I've been in both situations. I've had a lot more people and had disunity, and I've had a few, and I've had unity. And I'm going to tell you this, I'd rather choose the few in unity. I mean, not that I don't want to see growth, and I do, and I'd, I'd love to see this place filled. But this one thing I know is that unity is so important. Amen. And another thing is to be steadfast. As Jabez was more honorable than his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be upon me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, and that I may not grieve, that, that it may not grieve me. And the Lord granted him that which he requested. I'm going to tell you this right now. We need to ask the Lord. God, you bring blessing. You be with me. You stay with me. Amen. He said, people have because I ask not. How I many know we need to be, we need to ask the Lord. He said, Behold, I send at the door and knock. If any man will open the door, I will sup with him. And what that means is intimacy. Because there's nothing more intimate than breaking bread together. And that's what Jesus is saying. I want to break bread with you. I want to be with you. I think of, as I went to the house of Zacchaeus, so I want to come to your house. So I want to live in your heart. So I want to bless you. In Genesis 32 and 20, says, And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said, Now, first of all, let me say, before I read any more, Esau is about to come. He's desperate because he, he feels like Esau is going to kill him because he cheated Esau out of his birthright. Now, we know that God blessed him. But he did something that was probably not, was, I tell you, he deceived his father. He got the birthright, and he had to depart because Esau wanted to kill him. Here comes Esau with 400 men, and Jacob is in my days are numbered. <laughs> uh, surely the evil that I have done is about to come upon me. You know, that's the way it is when you get saved. And you think about the things you may have done before you were saved. And you're saying, oh, my Lord, those things could come back upon me. But I want you to know that God can protect us from our past. And, and here we find um, 
that uh, Jacob is praying. He said in J- in Genesis 32 and 26, and he said, let me go for the day awaketh. Now, remember this. If you go back to the story, and I encourage you in Genesis 22 to read it. Oh, 32, I'm sorry, to read it. And that is that he was wrestling all night with a man. We know that man was God. You know, sometimes we need to wrestle with God. We need to say, Lord, I'm sick of me. I'm sick of my shenanigans. I'm sick of the way uh, that I have been. And I really need you to change me. We jump down to verse 27 of 32. It said, And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as the prince hath power with God and with men, and has prevailed. You see, God can change your name. Amen. You know, Jacob means trickster. And he sure lived up to his name when he went with his uncle. And somehow he caused all those cows to have spots. And, you know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask him, how did you do that? that? You know, the Bible said he threw a stick in the water. And every one that was got into the water, you know, they developed all these spots. You see, he said to his uncle, he said, I'll tell you what. He said, this is how we'll do it. He said, I'm going to leave, but I want to take, I want to take what's mine. He said, well. What's yours? I'll tell you what. He said, every cow that has spots on it, I'll take. And there was, and, and, and his uncle looked and said, I don't see a cow here with spots on it. Hey, buddy, you can have it. I don't know what Jacob did, but he, he caused a, a good two-thirds of those cows to become spotted. And, and he took them. You know, but what we need to understand and realize is that we need to wrestle with the Lord and say, God, I'm tired of my ways. Lord, I want your ways. And God renamed him and called him Israel. Israel, the nation of Israel, was born right there in Jacob. First time in the whole Bible we see the word Israel. And and there we see Israel today over in the Middle East. Why? Because Jacob wrestled all night with that man, which we know was God. Oh, Lord Jesus. And Proverbs 4 and 18 says, But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. In other words, you know what happens? Your vision begins to expand. It may not be really, really clear, or it may not go very far at first, but as you trust the Lord, as you stand in the way, all of a sudden you begin to see further and further away. In other words, God expands your ministry. He expands your your sight and ability to be a blessing to those around you. In John 16 and 24, it says, Hitherto have I asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. Oh, Lord God, you give me this day my daily bread. Amen. Ask, and you shall receive. To live a blessed life, we must have a strong desire, and we must be very avid to receive the blessings of God. Jabez cried out to God, and God blessed him and enlarged uh, his territory. And we know that Jacob prayed, he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And God blessed him and in a wonderful way and created a nation out of the blessing.
But next thing I want to talk about here is humility. Humility. You see, we must always be humble. It's easy to get puffed up. I've done that myself. I've had my wife say to me, oh, Bob, you're getting a little airheaded. I can remember. You know, I don't want to go into it. I'm just saying that it is natural to every human to begin to feel some elevation. But I think of what Paul said. He says, if we're going to measure ourselves as sinners, he said, I am the chiefest of every one of you. He said, I am the lowly one, but he said, yet I'm the chiefest of apostles. In other words, I do not apologize for what God has given me. But on the other hand, I must face it with humility. Let's look at that for a minute. James 4, 6 uh, through 10. He said, but he giveth more grace Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace unto the humble. Smit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be um, afflicted, and mourn, and weep, and let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your, your joy to heaviness. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift. In other words, what he's saying is, don't take any delight in carnality. Don't, he said, it, it's better that you mourn and seek for something better than just to embrace the natural man. In 1 Peter 5, 6, said, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. That's a key word right there. I'd like to... Casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. You see that word due time? The Bible said, With patience possess ye your soul. Boy, I tell you what, patience is difficult. But how do we get patience? He said, Tribulation. Tribulation will bring patience. And so we need to say, Lord God, I realize I've gone through some uh, some ter- some uh, tri- tribulation. I've gone through some uh, turbulent. That was the word I was looking for. Some turbulent times. But I know in this that you were just building in me and strengthening me to be a warrior. Every single battle that David faced was for his training. Dr. Ron Cottle teaches a wonderful uh, course called Training for Reigning. And I know that uh, Brother Gorman and many were with us when we met at the auditorium over in Lewiston that he came. I think there was a hundred and some students there and all of us. And he taught on the training for reigning and how that God is training us to reign. How that my purpose on this earth is not just to get saved as uh, I think our brother Jeremy and, and, and Dale posed the question. So why did Jesus come? And, and the first thing, and we always say to save the world, to save the lost sinners. But it's so much more than that. Because if that was the only purpose, then we're, it's vain to be here. It's vain to go through everything we've gone through. But God says, no. He said, I want you to know, so I didn't only come to save the lost, but I also came to establish my kingdom. And when they went out and they cast out devils and did these things, he said this. He said, that is evidence that my kingdom has come. 
My kingdom has come. And the thing that we got to understand as Christians is that there is a kingdom on earth. And he said, the kingdom of God is within you. Are you willing to let that kingdom come forth? Because you see something, that's where the power of God is. It is in his kingdom. So as we humble ourselves before the Lord, God will bless us. To live a blessed life, we must be generous and liberal in, in giving and trusting. Amen. And so we need to at Luke fourteen eleven, for whatsoever exalt for whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, but he that will humble himself shall be exalted. Jesus taught humility. He came in humility. He came to Mary and Joseph, two very poor people, not people of affluence, born in a manger to be a sacrifice. And, and, and here, through all of this, he taught us when he went to wash the feet of, of, of Peter. Peter was upset. He said, Jesus, no, you can't wash my feet. And he says, Peter, unless I wash your feet, you can have no part of me. See, Jesus was teaching humility. And Peter said, wash not my feet only, but my head also, if that's the, if that's the method. And I know in the church of God, they still practice the, the feet washing. I, we don't necessarily go to that. Um, but maybe if you've got pride, you, you should ask to wash somebody's feet. <laughs> Amen. But you see, what God wants us to be is humble. Lord Jesus, I love you. Lord God, I just I, I know who I am, but I know who I am in you. In Luke eighteen nineteen, it says, And he spake in this parable of a certain uh, which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up unto the temple to pray, and one a Pharisee and the other a publican. And a publican is a tax collector, one that was despised. Kind of like the IRS, you know, come into your house to look over your finances. You know, you just love them, <laughs> uh, you know. But but he was a publican, and I'm not saying anything bad about I we, I've known many Christian IRS agents, by the way. But... He was a publican, and the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, O oh God, I thank thee that I am not like other men are, extortioners, unjust adulterers, even as this publican. I fast twice a week, I give tithe to all that is that I possess. And the publican stands afar off, and would not lift up, so much as his eyes into heaven, but smote upon his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. It's so easy for pride to creep up within us. All of a sudden, we get a good job, and, and we go through things, and we see somebody that may be on food stamps or, or, or under them, and we can look at them and, and begin to judge them. That's pride. That's pride. We need to say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, that you've blessed me. And Lord, help me to be a blessing to those who are hurting. Help me, Lord God, to share with them the very truths that you've shared with me. 
that have allowed me to live in such abundance. Oh, Lord God, that they wouldn't understand that. So what we realize in all of this today is if we want to live a blessed life in 2022, we need to seek Him. Seek and you shall find and knock and the door shall be opened unto you. And I'll tell you this right now, God is no respecter of persons. And everyone that will come to Him, He said, in no wise would I reject them, but I would receive them unto Myself. And so what I say, rather than get angry at the world, like that man that with his Jeep that cut me off and started keeping me, uh, you know, from going forward. Rather than be angry, we need to say, Lord God, you bless that person. That person is going through a very difficult time, obviously. The stress level and people that I just saw on the Internet where somebody in another country went to the uh, right near a toll booth. He lit himself on fire. Uh, I mean, you, you talk about stress. Uh, all over this whole COVID thing and over the loss of his business and the loss of all the things that he had faced. And the thing that we need to realize is the world needs Jesus today. And you are the light of the world. He said, hide your light under a bushel. No, please let it shine. Don't react to the way the world acts, but only react in Jesus and say, Lord God, help me to be patient. Help me to be humble. Help me, Lord God, not to walk around in piety like that Pharisee did. But help me, Lord Jesus, to be able to touch the infirmities of the people through the power of Jesus Christ. Help me, Lord God, that when I lay hands with oil upon a person, not that I could heal anybody, but that you would honor your word and they would be healed in the name of Jesus. Father, I love you and I trust you. I'm going to tell you this right now. 2022 has the possibility of being the greatest year of your life. But see, it's up to us to choose that. It's up to us to say, you know what? I'm going to embrace the greatness of God in 2022. I've heard so many things, you know, about, well, you know, the inflation and, and this, that, and the other. I'm going to tell you what, in God's kingdom, there isn't any inflation. In God's kingdom, there isn't a any of those things. We can trust Him and live by God's economy. And no one thing that God said, I'll never leave and forsake you, as I said earlier, but I'm with you always, even unto the end. Let's stand if we would. Give God the glory this morning, this kind of a rainy uh, Sunday morning. And uh, we just want to thank him. I, I thank God for life. Yes, there's, there's sorrow in life. Yes, there's pain in life. But you know what that means? God said, I'm giving you an opportunity, Bob, to build, in, to build by the materials that I've given you. And that later in life, when you go to be with me, you'll live in eternity. Blessed. Amen. So, hey, we're going through some difficulties here. But let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Let's keep our eyes on Him. Amen. I'll close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your blessings. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the opportunity that You've given each of us, Lord God. And You've invited us in, Lord Jesus. As Paul said, let us go boldly before the throne of God. Let us come into his presence in the holy of holies 
because the, the, the middle wall of partition has been ripped in two and removed by the power of Jesus Christ and by his blood that we all can walk into the place where the high priest dwells. And Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name that with boldness we serve you and love you. And we open our hearts to invitation that only you can fill. And God, you have your will and your way that we will approach this next year with all the optimism of the precious love of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. God bless each and every one of you.